0: Welcome to this podcast from the Bay Church. We hope you're blessed by the message. To find out more, please visit our website at www.the-bay-church.org.uk Better is one moment in the presence of God than a thousand sermons teaching us good theology. Ha. I am pretty convinced that for a lot of you today, there's not going to be a whole heap of new information. And what I would love is for all the truth that is spoken today to lead you into an encounter. Because that's what the Lord wants. For us to stay in that place of connection with Him and actually see everything that I'm about to say being an invitation to encounter Him more. Yeah? So I just... I'm still blown away by that picture that Josh had. <laughs> it's like he saw into my mind. I would love for us to leave this building with a, our hearts on fire, with passion for the Lord, having encountered his love afresh today, seeing what he's done for us, that actually we can't do anything but go and, and spread that love, spread that fire of God from this place. Ha. <laughs> How many of you here have seen the film *The Shack* or read the book? A few more. There's a *The Shack* is, a, is an amazing book or film, whatever you want to uh, see it as. And it's about a guy called uh, Mackenzie Mack, who grows up in a very abusive, uh, well, ha- grows up with a very abusive father, has a very painful upbringing, and then has three children of his own, gets married, and um, his third child, Missy, is abducted and then murdered. And the story of the shack is a story of of Mackenzie in in a whole load of pain, coming and encountering God in that place. And I want to play a clip from there today, just as an introduction of what we're going to talk about. Um, And this clip is where Mac meets the spirit of wisdom. And Mac thinks that he knows better than God because he has seen all of these things that have happened in his life and actually he is thinking, how can God be good? And he is invited in this clip to sit on a seat of judgment by the spirit of wisdom. And he sees various clips before his life, all of these different situations that have happened, and he begins to judge everyone. Yes, he deserves to go to hell because of what he did. And he sees a little boy who's being abused by his dad, and he looks at this little boy and he goes, no, that boy is innocent. I judge him innocent. And then he realizes that that little boy is his father and he begins to get a bit messed up in terms of judgment. But he still thinks that he knows better than God. So he's invited at that point by the spirit of wisdom to judge his own two children. And he has to choose which one goes to heaven and which one goes to hell. And he must choose. So if we can play the clip. Mackenzie, make your choice. I won't do this anymore. I can't do this. Can't do what? I can. I won't. You must. This isn't a game. You have to. You know what? This isn't fair. You must. Your children worthy of love, even if it costs you everything. Now you know Papa's heart. You have judged your children worthy of love. If you can stop it, thank you. You've judged your children worthy of love. Now you know Papa's heart. Now you know the Father's heart. Take me. I wanna to talk to you today about the Father's heart. And I'd love it for you to, when you think of the Father's heart, I would, I would love it for you to have a, a picture of, of Jesus on the cross. Close your eyes and picture Jesus on the cross. His own son that said, take me. We're gonna look specifically at Jesus, our high priest, our great high priest today, who was and is and is to come. (laughs) So what is a priest? priest is someone who who mediates on behalf of the people to God. They stand in the gap. They are willing to be used as a way of connecting God and his people. See, prophets hear from God, hear what he's saying, and they speak out what God's saying to the people. The priests go from the people to God. And I want to say today that you were created for connection. You were created for connection with God and with people. And we have a great high priest who's made that possible. Let's have a look in, um, start at the beginning, we're going to look at Genesis. And uh, we all know, don't we, that, that God created the world, everything in it, and it was good. And then he created man in his own image to be in relationship with him. And then he saw that it wasn't good for man to be alone. So he created woman out of the side of man to be in relationship with man and God. You see, anybody here today that thinks That whatever they're facing, whatever they're going through, no matter how lonely they are, they just need to get before God. It's true. But you're also created to need one another. Because it wasn't good for man to be alone. It was always about connection with God and with one another. And then, we know that the the serpent came... To, to bring deception, to bring disconnection. The serpent came to, to Eve and said, did God really say that you can't eat from any fruit in the garden? And Eve was like, no, we can eat from any fruit in the garden, apart from this one tree, this tree in the center of the garden that's called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the serpent says to her, God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, And you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. So the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. You see, that fruit there was there because God is good. And he wanted us to have a choice to love him. See, without choice, there's no love. (laughs) So there was that tree that was there. And that tree, knowledge of good and evil, that was an opportunity, if Eve wanted to take it, that she could become like God. She could become the judge, judging good from evil. Yeah? She chose to be independent. She chose in that moment that, that somehow God was withholding his goodness because he was withholding this fruit from her, so he couldn't possibly be all good. So guess what? I'll take matters into my own hands, and I will become like God, and I'll be the judge. And the result was disconnection. The result was they felt shame, they felt fear, and they hid. And then God in his mercy doesn't want them to stay like that forever. So he, he takes them out of the garden because if they stayed in, they might eat from the tree of eternal life and stay forever in that situation, forever disconnected from God. So in his mercy, he leads them out of the garden and he clothes them. And he puts angels across the east gate where he's led them out to protect them from being able to come back in and eat and stay forever in that place. We'll come back to why that's significant in a minute. But the story goes on. God is wanting relationship with his people. He makes covenant with Noah. He makes a covenant with Abraham. He's wanting to be in relationship with his people. And we get to Exodus 19, and we see again a little bit of the Father's heart in verse 4. It says, if you remember the story, the people have been in, um, captured in Egypt, being treated as prisoners for that, for that um, emperor. And, and God comes to deliver his people out of slavery and into the freedom, into promi- the promised land that he has for them. And he says in verse 4 of chapter 19, You've seen what I did. You know that I carried you on eagle's wings and I brought you to myself. Now, if you will obey me and keep my covenant, you'll be my own special treasure from among all the peoples on earth, for all the earth belongs to me, and you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. You see, God's heart was always that his people would know him and be in relationship with him and become a holy nation just like God, become a kingdom of priests. Why do you need a kingdom of priests if it was all just about Israel? I wonder whether God's heart was a kingdom of priests who would be able to then show the goodness of God, show the love of God to all of the other nations. But in, verse, in chapter 20 in Exodus, the people choose when God speaks that them, to, to them to stand at a distance and to say, no, Moses, you listen to God and we will stay disconnected. We will stay back here in fear, out of safety. We choose religion. We choose rules and laws, not relationship. So God then needed to set up a way for his people to have relationship with him set up a, a system of rules and laws so that there was a way for them to be in relationship with the holy, holy, holy God. And the rest of Exodus shows us that, 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 he, that he downloads to, to Moses what the Ark of the Covenant could look like, what the tabernacle was like for the, a place where God's dwelling, where his holiness could rest, and where the, where the priests, <laughs> on behalf of the people to God, could enter into a place, could sacrifice animals and, and pay the price, as it were, for, for the sins of the people. Because without blood, there's no forgiveness. <laughs> so, they would, so he set up a system where the priests would actually sacrifice animals, pour out the blood, and that blood would be sprinkled. There would be routines of washing, there would be, he, he clearly shows them all of the ways that they get to, to see what it's like to walk into the presence of God. I encourage you to read Leviticus. I, I bet you you don't often read it, but uh, I've enjoyed reading. <laughs> reading all about what God said and why. And when we really get it, we understand it's all pointing to to heaven. to to Jesus, to what he's going to do. It's all pointing. It's so significant. But one day, every year, the high priest, the one that was in charge, was allowed to enter in to the most holy place. You see, they weren't allowed to go into the holy of holies apart from one day, one day every year. And that day was called Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. and on that day the high priest would do everything that god commanded they would he would place and they would confess their sins of the people onto uh, onto a um, I want to say sheep goat thank you um, onto a goat and then that goat would be taken out of the city and sent away, it was a scapegoat. It was sent as far as the east is from the west to show the people of Israel that their sins were removed as far as the east is from the west. And they would take another goat and, and they would sacrifice this, this lamb and sprinkle its blood just as God commanded. And they would go through the veil that separated the Holy of Holies. And on that veil <coughs> were angels, and you know what? That, that whole tabernacle was set up to face westward because the people would be coming back in through the east gate, through the veil, through the angels, <laughs> into that place of intimacy with God again. I love it. I love it. There's so much symbolism in all of these passages. And they would sprinkle the, the blood of the Lamb on the mercy seat of God. One day a year, a day of atonement, for all you etymologists out there, at one meant. In the 16th century, it says we're allowed to say it like that. <laughs> at-one-ment, atonement. They atoned for the sins of the people, the high priest, so that there could be a oneness with God and his people. And that one day set them up for the rest of the year because they weren't allowed to enter in again. But the Bible tells us that all of that was just a shadow of what was to come. Can you imagine um, a little kid that was lost in the supermarket? He's lost his mum and he's running, Mommy, where are you? He's filled with fear. He's running around screaming. And suddenly, in a moment, he sees a shadow of his mom on the floor. And he knows that shadow. He recognizes that shadow. And there's a piece of of hope that fills his heart. He stops in his tracks, and he looks, and he's like, I know that. I know who that is. Would make him feel a bit better, wouldn't it? But how much better when his mom steps around the corner and goes, Here I am. How much better when that child is able to run into his mother's arms and hold her and know that she loves him and she's there with him? You see that? It's Christmas. Love came down, the shadow became reality. God with us. Yeah. Yeah. We're celebrating the season of Advent. We're starting today because we're looking at the fact that, that Jesus said, Send me, I'll go, and I'll become the perfect sacrifice. The only one who was able to offer that perfect sacrifice because he never sinned, he was able to come and to suffer a horrendous death on the cross. Paul talked about last week. So that once and for all, the price was paid. There was an atonement forever for all people let's read in hebrews 10 i'm going to read from uh, the passion translation and i'm kind of going to read bits so i hope you can follow me says the old system of living under the law presented us with only a faint shadow a crude outline of the reality of the wonderful blessings to come even with its steady stream of sacrifices offered year after year there still was nothing that could make our hearts perfect before God. For what power does the blood of goats and bulls have to remove sin's guilt? So when Jesus the Messiah came into the world, he said, since your ultimate desire was not another animal sacrifice, you have clothed me with a body that I might offer myself instead. Multiple burnt offerings and sin offerings cannot satisfy your justice. So I said to God, I'll be the one to go and do your will, to fulfill all that's written about me in your word. By God's will, we have been purified and made holy once and for all through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus, the Messiah. You see, Jesus' sacrifice was able, once and for all, to tear the veil in that temple forever, from the top to the bottom, and make a way for us to enter in to the most holy place, to connect us with God. But guess what? It doesn't just connect us with God. It connects us with one another. Verse 19, and now we are brothers and sisters in God's family because of the blood of Jesus. And he welcomes us to come right into the most holy sanctuary in the heavenly realm, boldly and with no hesitation. For he has dedicated a new life-giving way for us to approach God. For just as the veil was torn in two, Jesus' body was torn open to give us free and fresh access to him. And since we have now a magnificent king-priest to welcome us into God's house, we can come closer to God and approach Him with an open heart, fully convinced by faith that nothing will keep us at a distance from Him. For our hearts have been sprinkled with blood to remove impurity and we've been freed from an accusing conscience and now we are clean, unstained and presentable inside and out because of His blood. So now, discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This isn't the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing because we need each other. See, the blood of Jesus connects us with God and with each other. We're born for connection. We are born to enter in to the most holy, holy place, to be in relationship with the God of love that always wanted connection, to become his children, one with Jesus. The ultimate day of atonement where we become one with him. And because of that oneness with him, we recognize that we're one with each other. We need each other, just in the, like in the Garden of Eden. What does it say in 2 Peter 9? Too many things on here. 2 Peter 9, 1 Peter 2, sorry, 1 Peter 2 verse 9 says, You are now a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. You see, in the Garden of Eden, they questioned the goodness of God. And Eve chose to take matters into her own hands, doubting the goodness, thinking that she'd do a better job. But actually, when we learn to let go of that tree, thinking that we know best, and to embrace the blood of Jesus and what he paid for, we can cling on to that tree of life (laughs) and become... A royal priesthood, a holy nation, just like God always planned it, so that everybody else would know what it's like to know the goodness of God, the love of God. It's good, isn't it? The whole Bible. And actually if you look into in 1 Peter 2, it carries on. Because of that, what does it look like? We respect people in authority slaves to your masters, wives, husbands, all Christians loving each other as brothers and sisters. Be tender, hearted, keep humble attitudes. All the things we've been preaching on of how to be an apostolic people, how to live under submission, how to live a life of honor towards one another because of him, because of what he's done. see there's no longer a temple where you have to go before God we are the temple we become the temple one with Jesus he's the great high priest and one with him I become a priest able to connect again God and his people I offer the world an encounter with God through who I am through the way that I love people So Oh, let me just tell you one other thing that blew me away. You know, Jesus is our great high priest, he he's before the throne interceding for us. Do you know as I stood to prepare today, I was like, what would it be like if I knew that Jesus was interceding for me? <laughs> he is what would it be like going into work tomorrow morning knowing that Jesus the great high priest is interceding for you everything that you're doing you see I think there's a misconception about intercession I think that we've somehow made intercession to be about these these people that know to pray a lot I think we're one with Jesus I think we're all called to be intercessors I think we're all called to get before the throne of God and look at what intercession looks like. And that's not through talking. That's through boldly approaching the throne of God into that holy of holies and listening to what Jesus is praying. Amen. <laughs> and then when we hear it, we go, yes, God. I agree with you. I partner with you for that very prayer that you're praying. You see, somebody once said that you can tell how popular a church is by how many people come in and sit down on a Sunday. You can tell how popular God is by how many people come to a prayer meeting. Because actually, the prayer meeting is the place where together we get to enter in to that very place where he's praying. We get to listen to him. It's not about talking. (laughs) It's about listening to what heaven is crying out for i uh the other night had a a leaders meeting we were worshiping and i felt like god said to me nick the world is is crying out in judgment you look around everywhere you look at the moment everyone's like i know best brexit Donald Trump, doesn't matter where you look, the world is crying out in judgment and God said to me, Nick, I want you to cry out in mercy. See, the blood of Jesus was sprinkled on the mercy seat in that tabernacle and it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. It's the mercy of God by his mercy and grace that we have access into the heavenly realms and we stop Holding on to that tree of the knowledge of good and evil and eating of that fruit, which leads to disconnection because it judges. <laughs> you see, one of the fruits of, of judgment is dishonor. Anybody can dishonor. You just have to look and go, I see what you're doing. Boom, call it out. The tree of life looks for the gold in someone and goes, I'm calling that out. Yeah, I can see what you're doing, but I see who you really are. I see who God created. I see what's inside of you, and I'm going to call that word out of you because then you get to walk into life because honor leads to life. Dishonor leads to disconnection. And I'm telling you now that the enemy is on a mission to disconnect. He always has been and he always will be. Disconnect us from God and disconnect us from people. Will you choose, instead of judgment, to hold on to the tree of life, to mercy, to choose mercy and grace and honor? Is it, doesn't matter, I'll tell you another day. Reason I'm preaching this is cuz I remember being a Christian for a long time and God saying to me one day, "Nick, you're still eating from that tree." And I can remember seeing again afresh all that Jesus did. And I can remember getting before him and going, "God, you're the judge. You know everything." and one day we will all stand before him. But with Jesus as our Lord and Savior, he will look upon Jesus and judge us according to Jesus rather than what we deserve. If we accept through the blood of Jesus to live a life eating from the tree of life, we get to offer the world an encounter with life, with love, to show them what mercy looks like, to honour one another and breathe life wherever we go. <laughs> I can remember being on my knees and saying, God, don't ever let me get hold of that tree again. And I can't tell you, hand on heart, that I never have. But I can tell you, hand on heart, I don't want to eat from that fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because Jesus has paid a really high price. So I just, uh, I just ask you that simple question. It might be that um, that you've seen a fresh a fresh invitation today to come into His presence, to connect with him again that you're excited in your hearts to what that looks like for you this week. I just want you to choose, choose life. Choose him, choose what he did for you so that this week you can be a holy nation, a royal, a royal priesthood set apart, one with Jesus atoned for and at one with him. And it might be that, that you recognize today that you need to change the way that you think. You need to change the way that you think about prayer because it's a privilege. <laughs> prayer meetings should be the most incredible places when the children of God get to and listen to him, step into his presence and change the world. Maybe we just need to change the way that we think. Maybe we need to, to acknowledge that we're not here to judge the world. We're not here as a church to bring judgment on people because he came, said for, for everyone, for all time, I will be the perfect sacrifice and I cry out mercy, the mercy of God because he looks on you and he sees that you're worthy of love because he created you and everybody is, no matter what they've done. Jesus sees them like that God, change my heart. Break my heart, God, to see people the way you see them. And help me to be somebody who chooses connection always, God. Connection with you and connection with each other. So that we never allow disconnection to be a tool, to be a way to keep us in a place of shame or hiding. God, we choose. Through the blood of Jesus, connection. For your glory, God.